to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we cover Blizzard's many games. I'm your host, Matthew Rossi, and with me this week are two absolutely amazing, practically bitten by radioactive spiders, amazing co-hosts. Uh, first up, he's full of spirit and wants to talk about manufacturing. It's Alex Zebart. Alex, what have you been doing this week? Uh, not talking about manufacturing anymore because you yelled at me. I didn't yell at you. I just wanted to move the show. <laughs> uh... I've been playing a lot of Fallout 4 because I, I took a little bit of time off after BlizzCon because there's um, BlizzCon was like I think you were aware of how grumpy I was. It's kind of a weeks long <laughs> endeavor. So after BlizzCon, I was like, all right, I'm taking a few days off, and uh, I just played Fallout 4 nonstop. I think I have like two and a half days worth of slash played in Fallout 4 from those few days I took off. And I'm assuming you enjoyed it, but I'm going to move on at this point because we should move on to Anne. Uh, Anne Stickney does everything for us at the site. How have you been this week? What have you been up to? I'm playing Diablo 3. <laughs> yeah, you tell, tell the story about the, the BlizzCon login thing. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. It's been a while. It's been a while since I played Diablo 3, but um, I caught Taryn Gregory was streaming just after BlizzCon, and he was streaming some Diablo 3. It was like some after BlizzCon chill stream time. And I was watching him play, and I was like, man, it's been a while since I've like logged into Diablo 3 and just smushed some demons and turned them into fine paste. I think I should go do that. So I reinstalled it because it had been uninstalled and um logged in and when i logged in i got all of the achievements and the stuff for blizzcon 2015 and then that was promptly followed up by all of the achievements and stuff from blizzcon 2014 so yeah it's been a while since i played like there was a big screen that popped up and it was all woo seasons woo riffs bounties da 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 like all kinds of little just a bunch of stuff i didn't understand and i was like can i just get down to the important business of smushing demons here which i did so i'm playing through reaper's souls right now having fun with it cool uh okay as is usually the case for the podcast we're probably going to talk about some top stories for the week right now uh We've actually, you know, it's been a pretty eventful week, all told. Um, first up, I guess we'll mention that it's the 11th anniversary of World of Warcraft today, or this week. Um, they started it, I believe, today? Is today yeah. As we're recording it today? Yeah. Yeah, they, they started it today, and I, amongst the other things you can get, I believe there's an inflatable Thunder Fury for you. I don't quite get why that's cool, but, you know. There is an inflatable Thunder Fury. There is an Edwin Van Cleef costume, which, by the way, on the live stream, the leveling stream this week, I think it needs to be an all Van Cleef leveling stream. I'm just, then I won't know who to yell at. I know. It'll be great. <laughs> just trust me. Alex, I have faith in you. <laughs> just yell at everybody. It'll be fine. We're all gonna do something. We're all we're all we're all gonna make each other angry anyway. We're in northern. That's just where these things happen. <laughs> but uh yeah, there's that. You get a couple of wands that turn your friends into things and all this stuff has limited charges, so it's not gonna last forever, unfortunately, sadly. But it's still pretty cool. I mean people like aren't very happy. People aren't very happy about that, but I totally get it. Um, if it's they gave, every, it's not supposed to be like a all the time thing. <laughs> I mean, some of the some of the items you we've gotten for anniversaries all the time, like pets and stuff. But the, they're not going to give every single player a free Thunder Fury that lasts forever. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of <laughs> nobody wants Thunder Fury for the stats anymore. It's just the looks. So if they gave everybody a Vanity Thunder Fury, the people who actually have it would be a little upset. Yeah. Yeah, and and people would just be you know continuously linking it, and we'd never get anything done. Yeah. 
Oh, they still have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's... I'm not really that surprised it's not permanent. I mean, it'd be like giving them a, a... Everyone a salt for us or something. I mean, you know, it's... Except Thunder Fury has the cachet. So, yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll still link it in chat incessantly. Like, that is not changing. But, I don't um, even know how that began. It just became a thing. I don't thing. know. Just a thing. It, it just became a thing, and it's just a thing that's continued to be a thing and gotten stranger and kind of funny. I mean, I prefer um, people saying, you know, for example, in chat going, did somebody say Thunder Fury, Blessed Blade of the Ancient Windseeker, versus them going anal, then linking a spell. This is true. Yes, and I was trying real hard not to mention that. Yeah, um, I, I can do with Thunder Fury. I can do without anal bloodworms. Uh, why did you feel right the need along. to continue? <laughs> Look, oh, Death, Death Knight's spells were something else with that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, okay, now that now that Alex has made us all feel unclean. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Alex. I, I guess we should also we should talk about the fact that last week uh, Blizzard went kind of full on with the class previews um dropping one for pretty much every class except uh death knights because we can't really have class previews for a class that hasn't even debuted you mean yet. demon hunters thank you demon hunters i can keep doing that for the rest of my life and it's going to drive me insane and i keep saying death well, knights they when both I mean demon with a d and they both have uh, two words, two words. Uh, but yeah, demon demon hunters. You didn't get a preview on, from what I understand, and you guys were at this. I think aren't there the same number of letters in Death Knight and Demon Hunter? I think so. I'm not gonna count them. Also, they're uh, both hero that, classes, and monks were not a hero class. So apparently, you guys were at BlizzCon, though. So you can tell me this: uh, <laughs> the Demon Hunter was only only the Havoc Demon Hunter was playable. Correct. Yeah, yes. the tank the tank one was not playable, but the DPS one was. And the uh, the preview actually only goes about halfway. It, well, one. okay, you get to the end of what's going on on our Mardoom, but then after that, presumably, you show up. Um, basically, it ends when you're going back to the Black Temple after you've successfully completed your mission on Mardoom. But from what we've been told, there is more that happens after that because, you know, once you return to the Black Temple, you find out that, oh, Illidan's been vanquished, and here's Maiev, and whoops, we're being locked away, and then you get locked I, away. I suspect the demo also started a ways into the quest yeah. train. I think like the beginning and the end were missing, and we kind of played the middle. There was probably a cinematic or something that get, gets plunked in at the beginning, I think. So yeah, so it's, it wasn't likely we'd get a preview for Demon Hunters. There, I managed to make myself say it. <laughs> but everybody else, every other class got them. Um, including some, uh, we had we've been told that some classes were getting their specialization names changed, yeah. but really only one class did. Just rogues. Uh, rogues. Just rogues. Did they did they even change the other two? Nope. No. It's still subtlety and assassination and outlaw. It's because that that third spec was called combat, and it's Which like well, combat is that's what everybody does when they engage with another unfriendly NPC or mob. We're fighting rogues. We're, we're all fighting rogues. We're engaging in, in, in rogue. As opposed <laughs> to, like, chess playing rogues. Yeah. Aha! At last, I've got I guess, I mean, that's, the, I mean, chess is, its basis is combat still, so. Yeah, it's basically just playing I, I do war. like the whole outlaw designator, though, because that kind of 
um, particularly with the changes that they're making to that spec where there's the whole pistol ass element kind of oh, like yeah. worked into it. It's like, okay, yeah, outlaw. Outlaw, you have like, you know, your blades and all of that, and then you got a pistol. Pew, pew. Yeah, that sounds yeah. pretty cool, actually. I, I feel like they should like actually put pistols in the game and make them oh. outlaw rogue only equipable just to drive <laughs> hunters insane. I wish yeah. they could, but they won't. Hunters, hunters flipping out. Like, oh my god! Like Rogue's like, yeah, we don't, we we have that extra slot. They, they could, but they they no, they're not, they're not going to. It's just going to be like an animation thing that happens uh, when you use that particular attack. A good point from the chat channel is, I think they did mention that they were going to change it so there were no duplicate spec names, but yeah, we didn't see that reflected anywhere. There was there's not, still no, Restoration we, Druid and Restoration Shaman, so and Protection Warrior and Protection Paladin. Yeah. Yeah, they left they left duplication stuff in frost frost mages frost dk's yeah so yeah whether or not they're intending to change that in a future date they have not done so as of the pro, of the preview um the preview i mean we can't really sit here and go over the whole thing but it was interesting to get an idea of the philosophy behind each class at least what they're what they're going for there was obviously some specifics are missing we don't have talents yet so we don't really know what they're going to be doing like we don't we, we it's, it's hard to when when they say this these two specs are going to be d- differentiated by their talent choices and you don't have the talents that's like okay I'm looking forward to seeing that but it was a good kind of intro though where you could kind of get a, a, a an idea of what they were going for yeah, yeah and if you look at the anybody just anybody who's listening not you in particular the Warcraft devs Twitter they've actually been answering a lot of questions on there. Uh, fairly like some of them they've been vague about. Like somebody asked if they're going to change the days and aspect of the pack, and the devs' Twitter is like, "Oh, you won't have to worry about aspect of the pack anymore." It's like, well, what does that mean? It's gone? Does that mean the days is gone? Does that mean it's been changed? <laughs> what do you mean by that? What have you done? <laughs> that was <Yeah>. ominous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you won't have to worry about aspect of the pack anymore. It's okay. dead. Yeah. Uh, I guess the last thing to mention before we move on is this one I'm 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 only bringing up because uh, people have actually asked for it to be clarified. So, uh, gnome hunters. Oh yeah. Gnome hunters, yay! I honestly didn't see it coming. Well, and no, I mean, that's because they're very small. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That was terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> they're very small. Um, I am ambivalent on gnomes, but, again, I am of the opinion that people should be able to play whatever they want. So, I mean, that's cool. I think they should open up other ones, but this is a nice step. I think with classes like Hunters and Warriors, there's not really a big lore reason why it just about anybody couldn't pick up a weapon and hunt things. Yeah, you know, I mean, certain things like I get druids are only from certain races because only certain races have druidic traditions or anybody to teach it to them. And some races, like I, I have a hard time with gnome druids because gnomes are about as far away from coexisting with nature as you can get. They're into tech. But hunt, <laughs> yeah, hunting I can see because hunting is you know not necessarily about coexisting with nature. It's kind of about dominating it. Well, and, and the thing is, is they've been working in tandem. With the dwarves for so long, you would think, yeah, they've probably picked that up by now, you know. See, what you just said is why I think that some of these combinations are fine now that didn't make sense at launch. Like, 
anybody from any alliance race could have gone and trained with somebody else for the last 10 years and have known how to do it now yeah it depends on the selectiveness of the group like i don't i can see druids being like no we're not going to show you that i mean sorry would the nidos i mean okay Maybe this is a bad example, because I think everybody would say no to gnomes, but would the Night Elves really have a problem with, like, a gnome hanging out in Moonglade? Yeah, I don't know if they would or not, but it's, yeah, I can see them being like, yeah, it's great that you hang out. I have but- a feeling that they probably still have a problem with the whole idea of trolls hanging out in Moonglade, but they're too polite to say anything about it. They would probably be friendlier to the gnomes than the trolls. Yeah, but at the same the time... The gnomes are their friends. The, gnomes, the trolls the eat gnomes- them. If you look at the gnomes' history and how they solve problems, oh, we have a bunch of trogs in our city. What should we do? We should irradiate the entire city. Okay, do you see where you went wrong there? We didn't irradiate it hard enough? No, <laughs> that's not the problem. We should have irradiated it more thoroughly. No, you irradiated it too much. You shouldn't. Irradiating it shouldn't have been the go-to. What should we have done? Poison them? We tried to poison them with radiation. No! Okay. For perhaps a better example, say like a human that wanted to become a druid. At this point, they probably could have. At this point, it's silly that they can't because, you know, if you're a human, you want to be a druid. Yeah. If you're a human, you want to be a druid. Have you considered being infected by a curse (laughs) first? Well, just get this gentleman over here to bite you, and then you could be a druid. (laughs) My lifelong dream. Oh, my arm. My lifelong dream. (laughs) Ow, my leg. My leg. Look, I could be a kitty. Yeah, I mean, that's just really my justification for all these. Like, these people have coexisted for so long. If they wanted, if somebody wanted to learn, they could have by now. That's yeah, that's just I'm, how I feel. I'm willing to accept that. Uh, okay, I guess that's it for the top stories for this week. Um, so at this point, I'm throwing it over to Anne to introduce our next little sponsorship deal. Oh, yeah. Okay, so for you guys, listeners of Blizzard Watch, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And I think, Rossi, you've got a recommendation this week, yeah? Yeah, so back to me. Um, yeah, my, my friend works as an audiobook guy, so I, I get a lot of audiobooks recommended to me. And this week I'm recommending Reich, which I'm just going to tell you up front, this is a book where a U-boat commander is trapped on a ship with Adolf Hitler. And Adolf Hitler is a vampire. Vampire I, Hitler? That's That's what I'm giving you. Is this like a sequel vampire to Abraham Hitler. Lincoln Vampire Hunter? or Not actually related, but oh, okay. in, in much know. the same spirit of, you in know, that genre. take real-life real situation and throw in all sorts of weird stuff that the, the book Reich is for you. It's by uh, Donald Allen Kirch, K-I-R-C-H. And it's on Audible right now, so you can find it. Uh, how do they find it again, Ann? You can find it by signing up through our site at the website that I forget the name of. Wow. Excuse me. Okay, <laughs> blizzardwatch.com slash Audible. I am so sorry. Look, it's been a really That's long okay. day. I'm kind of tired. <laughs> did, did Vampire Hitler just like throw you off kilter there? <laughs> he did. Nobody expected Vampire Hitler. I mean, come on. I'm you sorry. can find it at... The website. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can download this title and you can download a whole heck of a lot of other titles just by going to blizzardwatch.com slash audible and signing up there. So, yeah. um, Now we're going to do some emails. And uh, as is always the case, if you've got an email for the site, please send it to 
uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com and or you can sign up via our you know support us via patreon and uh, when you do that you're you'll be able to ask us questions for the the podcast and we've got a few this week we're going to try and do a couple and i've had a few people ask specifically how to submit those on patreon you can uh patreon has a messaging system you can either send them to me directly on there on the patreon.com slash blizzardwatch or you can just leave a post like anybody who is a patron can leave a general post on that page uh it's the front page of the patreon is like the creations and then you can click to all posts and everybody can write stuff there so you can either send them to me or just post them there and i'll find them yeah and this week he's got a few for us so we're going to try a few of those up front and see how we go so first one is from sporkles uh no morlock on airy peak i love that What's name that? yeah it's i gotta tell you man you go you do you do you uh, was there any discussion of professions on, in Legion? My wife and I played Final Fantasy XIV, and we've maxed out all the crafting and gathering professions there, and the WoW professions are quite lackluster in comparison. To me, it's one of the weak points in the game. I, I know they did. I remember the, the uh, panel where they talked about professions, but here's the problem. It was the same panel where they did transmog. So my brain went, like, white, and all I remember is the transmog part. I was like the live, entire rest of the panel. Yeah, I was live blogging that panel. Um, and as far as professions go, there's going to be like actual quests involved with professions. They're going to get you like a little more involved in the process. It's not going to be the same kind of mechanical thing that we've got going on with Warlords of Draenor. Like you go to your profession trainer and they say, "Hey, so, uh, or well." The way I think, if I remember correctly, the way it was explained in the panel was like, say you're a tailor, right? You go out in the world and you find a piece of cloth on the Broken Isles and you're like, hmm, what do I do with this? So you take it to the trainer and the trainer says, wow, that's really great cloth. I could probably do some cool stuff with it, but I'm not really sure how to make it work. Can you maybe find an expert on the island who understands how to do this tailoring stuff? So there's like quests involved along with the whole leveling process it's not just walk up to your trainer pay them a bunch of gold learn a bunch of recipes yeah it's a more interactive process now it sounds really fascinating i wish we had heard more about it but they were working within a time period so they were they were cramming so much information into that systems panel it was crazy major glyphs are gone (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm depressed sorry alex all of my gold gone yeah it is it is weird that they're doing that. In Just my opinion. start squirreling it now, Alex. I, I, still I honestly, I honestly did expect them to do that uh, entirely because World of the Draenor is the expansion where I finally really got into it on top of the that market, and I have tens of thousands of inks squirreled away. Um, I just said squirreled away because on the live stream we're watching a squirrel, and that kind of got in my head. But anyway, now <laughs> I have te- tens of thousands of inks that are going to go to waste. It's awful. I, you know, my, my my use of professions this expansion dropped precipitously. Uh, I crafted some armor for myself. I just crafted some stuff for my alt, actually. He's already got the three crafted epics, the 640 epics, that he can use. So I'm, I, I that's basically a, all I've done with it. I have a jewel crafter engineer. I made myself some goggles. I upgraded those a few times. And I think I've made all of maybe a couple dozen gems this expansion, and that's it. Like, yeah. that's it. Because there hasn't really been anything else to do with jewel that, that's, crafting. That, it's that's like, what okay. Was, that's what was it really interesting about Inscriptionist expansion. While every other uh, profession was really limited in Warlords, Inscription was fine. Like, the stuff you could 
make from like the daily cooldowns or whatever. Like, who cares about that stuff? It's not interesting. What everybody wants is those glyphs, and there was no limit on glyphs. <laughs> you could pump those things out, and people would buy them like every day. Like, you could move tons of them if you paid attention. You know, I'm gonna say this. Um, I think the biggest fault with at least blacksmithing this expansion was making this stuff uh, bind on equip and sellable. And here's why. The stuff in, in Burning Crusade, the individual weapons you could make, were unique to you. Yeah. You couldn't sell them or give them to anyone, so upgrading them was personal. But now, you just make them, upgrade them as much as you can and slap them on the age. Well, I and there's no personality. There's no personality to any of it. It's just Steel Forge Great Axe, Steel Forge whatever, Saber, Steel Forge Blah. It's just like, you know, as opposed to the BC weapons, which had an, a name and an identity. And I really feel like they they messed up on that. Like it, it didn't it didn't feel special. It was just some it just random felt, epic. It felt I think very mechanical to me this time around. Yeah, I think there's room for both of those things. Like having compelling things to sell, and also having really cool personal stuff. I yeah, think there's the totally is, room for both. But Warlords didn't do both. Yeah, Warlords did the the, the you know you can make it sell it, and that's fine. But I wish they'd done like I wish they'd done the armor thing separate from the weapons in the first place. Yeah. It had the armor pieces and the weapons not linked. It had the weapons be just for you. You don't, you know, because... Like, I, I do agree that know. Burn Crusade had some really cool stuff in professions. Uh, I mean, some of it could get tedious, but, for example, like the cloth making as a tailor, I really enjoyed that. And my yeah. alt was a blacksmith. I loved making the Lionheart Executioner. Like, to this yeah. day, I mean, that weapon that looks really That was a cool now. sword. Like it, yeah. it really cool bad. Like it's low res now, but at the time, oh my god, that was the best. Thing. It was the Thundercats cool. weapon. <laughs> yeah, it's still cool now, just because it's distinctive looking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, whereas yeah, it's a low res model, but it looks cool because it's unique looking. But all right, next email. This one is from Vesuvius. So um, don't don't erupt on me, bro. Uh, podcast question. Hello, Watchers. I'm confused about a moment in the Legendary Ring Quest chain. I got my ring about a month ago, and a friend recently told me Rathian makes an appearance at the end of the quest, which I don't remember. When does he show up? Uh, thank you for your time and looking forward to your thoughts. Vesuvius. It's one of those blink-and-you'll-miss-it moments. He just appears. He's, like, outside of uh, Cadgar's Tower, and he doesn't appear like him. He's in whelp form, so he's just the little black whelp. And he's just sitting there on a signpost, kind of, and then it's, he flies away. He doesn't actually say anything. I don't think there's any dialogue or anything. He just makes an appearance and then leaves. Yeah, it's a little cameo. He doesn't do anything. He's just it's tiny. present. Okay, next one is from Kiri, a level 100 paladin on a Vex on Thunderlord. Um, hello, Watchers. If I remember correctly, the Titans could not destroy the old gods because doing so would somehow hurt Azeroth if I'm remembering this fact correctly. And if so, do they know this from experience? Is there an old god that they did destroy to find this out? Thank you, Kiri, level 100 paladin. Yashar. Yes. Or Yasharaj. Yashar. If you were uh, playing... Is it Yasharaj? Yashar. Uh, I'd say Yasharaj. Yashar. Okay. I thought it was like Yasharaj or something like that. It's it's a bizarre word, but it's that old yeah. god down in Pandaria whose heart we got. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you it, remember but... when they, uh, when you first started encountering the Shah, and how the Shah infests the land, and they're basically made out of negative emotions, there the breath of the old god as it died, 
when it died, killed by apparently killed by by Master Ra, using the fist of Raden. Uh, when he did kill it, it somehow split the thing's essence across Pandaria and infected the land with the Shah and made it so that negative emotions pay it, you know, cost you a terrible price throughout the entire area. And that was because of this. So in a way, killing him made it worse because now he's, his essence was everywhere in the land. Instead of just being one globulous tentacled thing or whatever he looked like, suddenly he was present everywhere. And what's worse is that his heart continued to exist and have, have a kind of chit chat with people and it still had power and it could still call the various shot to it so uh, if you if you remember the cinematic before uh when when the trailer for uh the siege of orgrimmar was coming out there was the cinematic where you see garage fight um oh man what's his name he's a real jerk 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 yeah taran zoo when Taranzu fights Garrosh in the cinematic, and Garrosh, you know, basically dumps the heart of Yashaj uh, into the into the water, he essentially destroys the entire veil with the power of you know Yashraj's heart, and it's just, you know, it, it basically is a giant mess. It it didn't get nothing got dealt with. It took us to finally destroy the heart, and essentially we destroy it by getting it to exhaust itself. And it turns into a pile of sludge. If you remember at the very end of the garage fight, there's a I'm 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 not wrong about this, Anne, right? There's a pile of sludge and that's the rest of the Ranger of the Heart. I think so. I think so. Because like, that's what you get the quest from. If I remember correctly, go- yes. Yeah, you get the quest to plant a a tree uh in the veil and that you're good. We're good now. You can leave, please leave. Please leave and don't just come back. Just plant the one tree and we'll take care of the rest. You can just go. Go. Please go. Please, please, please go. Please just go. <laughs> yeah, you can go back it, for the it, trial and then after that you leave again. <laughs> please don't leave your hearth set to one of the shrines and then constantly use it as a tele. You're totally going to, aren't you? Well, it's very <laughs> You're going to do that anyway, aren't you? Great. Yeah. Great. But yeah, so basically, yes, they, they, they tried it. It didn't work the way they hoped. And so they went with a policy of containment because in order to deal with the old gods more permanently, they'd have to like strip the planet down to the bark and try over. Like it would have to be a gigantic do over. They'd have to reoriginate everything because that's, this is the result of just trying to kill it outright. The floorboards are warped. You know, such an extensive renovation. It's going to cost a lot of money. They just put some carpet down. Yeah, it's just have to it's tear basically it down, put up a new subfloor. Put they'd up have to call carpet, maybe install some hardwood. Might as well just <laughs> tear the whole house down. <laughs> they would have to call like Holmes Galan, the 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 repairer, oh, and he'd yeah. be like, you know, this is not this planet's not up to code. This planet is so not up to code. <laughs> Alrighty, next uh, email is from Serdon. Uh, Serdon says. Looking through the artifacts from my beloved warlock, the skull of the Manari really bugs me in terms of lore. Am I right in saying that the, the lore behind this one is completely borked? It says that Thalkiel had mastery over summoning and binding magics before Eridar served Sargeras. Am I reading that right when I inter- interpreted it as meaning the, the Eridar, or at least Thalkiel, were experimenting with summoning and binding demons even before Sargeras came to the world? 
But that's not the worst part. It talks about how Valkyrie's activities infuriated the demon lord Archimonde. If this takes place before Sargeras approached the Eridar and turned some of them into the Legion, then Archimonde should simply be chilling on Argus as one of the three leaders of the Eridar, and most certainly without the, the title of demon lord, no? Finally, if this is before the people of Argus serve the Legion, Valkyrie wouldn't be considered Manari, at that, as that just refers to the Eridar, who became corrupted by Sargeras and the Legion. Am I wrong? Or did Blizzard lore gurus uh, fail, fall asleep at the wheel with this artifact? You know, when I, I looked at it, and I had a thought, it doesn't say one way or the other. It doesn't specify this is before or after, and that makes it hard to pin down. Like, Ian, you've looked at it, right? What, the lore behind nope. it? Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know, how did you read it? Because I read it to be like, you know, this could be either, it doesn't say. Like, did, did you see something that said this absolutely takes place after or this absolutely takes place before? It, I don't know, because it, I mean, it says before the Eridar served Sargeras, right? I don't remember it saying that. It does. It's like the first line of the thing. It says before the Eridar served the Titan Sargeras, one of their greatest leaders, Thakiel, had unprecedented skill with summoning and binding magics. Driven by ambition, he reached into the void and was answered with knowledge of dark creatures unlike any the Eridar had seen before. His audacious power graph infuriated the demon lord Archimonde, who struck him down, then had his skull gilded and placed on display as a warning. Today, the okay. Dreadlord Mephistroth uses it to enhance his ability to summon and command demon armies for the Legion. So, to me, I, I mean, think all of that would have been okay had they not referred to Archimond as a as demon, demon lord. Because he yeah, wouldn't have been at said, that point. Yeah, if they just said infuriated the um, Triumvir... Archimonde, because he was part of the Triumvirate. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I mean, I, su- I keep reading this thinking you know, it must be before, because Monary just means anything foul and corrupt. So Thalkiel would have been Monary even if the Eridar didn't exist yet. Yeah. In fact, the, was... once the Eridar became Eridar as they are now, they stopped calling themselves Monary. It's sort of like, yeah. uh, it's sort of like how um, the Maghar call themselves Maghar, and they're not. They're just orcs from varying clans that came together and formed the Maghar, but the Maghar, all it means is uncorrupt. Yeah. And Manari is kind of, it's it's one of those terms where it means corrupted, twisted, whatever. So they used it to, obviously that word existed before the Eridar were corrupted. So, you know, one would assume that there were bad Eridar. And one of, like, prior to meeting Sargeras, one of them trying to summon demons is totally believable, because, like, that was a power that existed before the, like, direct offer was made. And that would totally make Archimonde mad if he was one of the Triumvirate, because it's like, you know... It's just that, that, like, then, immediately after, they already call Archimonde a demon lord who is being evil as crap. So, uh, somewhere in here, time gets wonky. A little goofy. Like, did... Did he not kill the guy until after he became the demon lord? Like, was he, were they like all, he'll grow out of it until they all became demons? And they're like, nope, I don't like this demon summoning you're doing. Why? Because you're, you're horning in on our thing. That's why we're killing you, because it's annoying. And so it's I'm, kind of, it, it's a bit strange. I mean, if these people existed at the same time, it's nitpicky, but also a little weird to call him one of their greatest leaders, but he isn't one of that triumvirate. So it's like, well, clearly he wasn't because he was probably below these other guys. So yeah, 
I don't if, know. Somebody needs if, to look at that uh, and maybe make a tweak because, yeah, I don't think that... Uh, if Thalkiel existed before Archimond was born or whatever and Archimond isn't in the picture, like, this is all totally legit. It's just tying Mond in there makes it strange. Or, you know, he could have, they could have had leaders who weren't part of the big three leading the entire race. Either that, or this was all after the Eridar served the Titans Argaris, and in which case that would also make perfect sense. It's like after Valen vacated, this thing happened. (laughs) If Valen Valen is already gone and they're already demon lords, I don't think anybody would have a problem with him summoning demons. Yeah, they might just be annoyed with him summoning them. Archimond would be like, hey. You're stepping, you're horning in on my territory here. I'm one of the big guys, not you. So I'm going to make an example out of you to make sure that nobody else is trying any kind of power grabs here. And that Hey, don't go too. summoning demons. We don't do that in the Burning Legion. No, <laughs> hey, don't be summoning demons to make yourself more powerful because I'm top dog here, not you. And you need to remember your place. So let me show yeah. it to you by removing your skull. <laughs> this is your place here on my shelf. Here my look, shelf. you look amazing next to my collectible shoes. Oh, uh, so much tchotchke. Yeah, demon tchotchke. <laughs> well, that's that, a lot of these artifacts, that is that is in fact what we're dealing with. Like, you know, hey, these, these, this this demon dog was really, really cool. And I got his teeth. Mephistroph has a lot of stuff like that, I'm noticing. <laughs> in the ar- artifact stuff. descriptions, Mephistroph has, a, has like effectively the demonic Hummel figurine collection. <laughs> look, look, a skull and some and some teeth and an evil book. It's like, wow, you're really I'm going to install this in a cabinet with some uplighting. <laughs> Mephistroth is basically the guy who just orders everything that he sees on like the demonic version of Boing Ball. <laughs> look, all he is is he's a demonic antiquer. Yeah. <laughs> and this week we're going to collect the scythe that you know harvested a thousand souls. All right. Um. <laughs> Next one is they're, I, they're on Pawn Stars and somebody brings in like a demonic tome and he's like, "Hey, I got a guy who knows stuff about this," and he calls up he Mephistroph. <laughs> he comes in. He's like, "Well, if you check the back of that thing, there's a mark there, and if the mark is there, then this is worth a lot." A uh, fifty bucks, best I can do, a man. You know, I only have so much room in the shelves. There's not a lot of demand. For and then I have tomes. to, you know, pay to store it. Yeah. There's a lot of paperwork involved. Fifty bucks, best I can do. But it's got a million souls in it. People yeah, can't buy all... souls, man. I mean, <laughs> souls are illegal around here. I would actually have to have the souls removed to be able to sell it. Either that or I'd need to procure a license, and that's more cost on my end. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, next one is from Gorkwin, uh, whose name rhymes with Orkin, apparently, so I should have said Gorkin. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. You, you put a preface in your email that that you're a she and i'll try to remember that as i as i read this and answer it uh greetings watchers the introduction of artifacts i have never been happier with my decision to make an alt of every spec currently only about two-thirds of of them are in the 95 to 100 zone but i have plenty of time to bring them all up to the point where they'll be able to ready to go we do their artifact quests when legion hits when making them, I took care to, to spread them as evenly as I could across the races of both factions, as well as trying to hit as many different uh, armor and roll types within each race as I could. One of the reasons for trying to ensure this variety was that I like seeing the various racial combat animations. So my questions are these. A. 
are there any particular animations that you love? For instance, I seem to recall hearing that the female Forsaken Warrior has a nice set of, of them, and having one myself, I'd have to agree. Do we want to answer these as, yeah, as we go? Actually, yeah. Let's go. Let's do that, because okay. otherwise I'll be reading for a long time. So you guys go first. I quite like Night Elf female spellcasting. Not so much Night Elf male spellcasting, where it looks like they have a splitting headache. Okay, um, female forsaken. Number one, uh, female forsaken rogues are awesome because they do backflips, <laughs> and I think that's great. And I think the female forsaken warriors do that too. I'm not sure, Rossi. Can it, you confirm pretty, that? Yes, I absolutely. Is can. it the backflip? Uh, they definitely do it too. Okay, uh, it's and anybody. Then, it's anybody who does melee with a, with a, a female forsaken. Okay, and the other thing that I like about female forsaken is actually it's. An obscure animation that you will never see because you don't actually see spellcasters do this. But if you hit something with your staff, <laughs> she'll like haul off and pull the thing over her head like two-handed and bring it down like a fly swatter. And it's the most hysterical thing I've ever seen. Uh, actually, like, that you animation... don't think spellcasters do that? You don't watch me enough on the leveling stream. Oh, really? I don't watch you, so... Yeah, it's so just funny that's, watching that's... the Forsaken Lady do it because she's like all knees when she jumps anyway. So there's yeah. just like this combination of jumping and thwacking things on there. It's Forsaken very, will actually do that. Forsaken it's very will actually Warner do that. Brothers. <laughs> They'll actually do that with pole arms and stabs as yeah. if they're just a melee class that uses those. Except monks, obviously, because monks have their own special animations. I was going to ask about yeah. monks. <laughs> So I was like, I'll roll I've a actually, Forsaken Monk now. <laughs> yeah, I've actually used a, for, a staff on a Forsaken Undead, uh, a Forsaken Undead, a Forsaken Warrior, and she did, in fact, do the weird-ass, twirly, jumpy thing. Uh, they do some, something else I can't remember that's actually really cool, but uh, for me, the one I'm going to mention, because it's it's one that I didn't know about until like fairly late in the game, is gnomes with two-hand swords. Especially like a gnome with two two-hand swords, it looks like the swords are like out of control, yeah. and the gnome is just hanging on as best he or she can, just flipping around the sword. Like Jane stopped this crazy thing animation. It's just great. It is the most fun. Uh, like a, a gnome warrior with Titan's grip, best thing I've ever seen. It just just like yeah, it literally looks like they're back like not back flipping, somersaulting at you. While trying to hit you with these giant swords, it, it feels like they're just like, eh, I'll get them with something. Yeah, like uh, the sword is leading them as opposed to them yeah. directing the they're sword. Just, the, the gravitational pull just keeps propelling yeah. them forward. They can't fight the momentum. They, they can't the stop left. either. Once they get going, they're just like a little ball of blades and death. Uh, the, the other one that I like is I like um, Blood Elf when they're just idle, stealthed. They do oh, this yeah. crouch thing that's really cool. I like that. I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cheat and say when Legion rolls around, the Blood Elf female demon hunters, oh. they look so good with the Warglaves. Like, it's super elegant. Uh, the Night Elves didn't look as good, but I guess that maybe that was not entirely finished at the time. But... I don't think it was entire. We We heard noises that it might not be entirely finished animations wise yeah the blood elf females they, they just looked so swirly elegant death with those war glaives it was really it's nice. very fluid the night elves well, like they had some of that but not as they didn't look as gracefully deadly 
I'll say this for for Blood Elves. Um, it's a shame that Blood Elves don't have good-looking two-hand weapons in terms of size. Like, their weapons are small. Yeah. But the way they hold them, like, the Cinderai Warblade in particular, if you ever get the Cinderai Warblade, it just looks perfect with anything a Blood Elf does with it. I keep keep mogging to it because they hold it just right and they use a sweeping, swinging motion that yeah. just works perfectly with that model. I really dig it. Um, also, Torin, pretty much anything a Torin does with a big weapon. Like, Torin look really yes. good tanking. Like, a Torin tanking just looks like, yeah, that's what should be happening. He should have a car door strapped to his arm and, and like, a, a mace the size of a small person in his other hand. Because, yeah, perfect. Just absolutely perfect. All right, moving on to B. Are there any animations you feel didn't translate well with the new character models? I have a female Gnome Fury Warrior, and maybe it's just because I really loved how she moved before, but her attacks just feel as a whole lot less dangerous now. I think that's probably because of the way they look more than anything else, but I don't know. I, I always keep their faces covered. You guys, anything there? Um, I've heard a lot about gnomes not having translated so well to the point where uh, my girlfriend just yesterday finally erase changed her gnome to night elf because she got sick of what her gnome looks like after the new character model so i guess gnome is an issue in general um it's not really animations that have bothered me i think the animations are pretty good all around it's just there's certain details of the new character models that don't quite match up like skin tones aren't quite the same they used to be and that still bothers me to this day but animations seem fine to me and? i still think it's weird watching a male human cast anything because it's a slab of beefcake. <laughs> it doesn't fit my uh, mind's eye of what a wizard should look like, but, you know. Yo, dude. Another dude. thing altogether. Dude, I'm totally going to cast a spell. I'm going to reach into the I'm gonna reach into the arcane nexus and pull forth on the twisting nether. And then we can go do some, like, you know, some shots. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be sick, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know how I am about the male model yeah, and, and I know. wizards. That's why I hesitated to bring it up. But yeah. we can move on to C. Yeah. Uh, well, I will, I will say one one animation I don't think works very well. Um, and Alex kind of mentioned it with like the, the Night Elf casting thing. But specifically the Night Elf, I don't like you with the spell. You know what I mean? Where he, <laughs> he shoves his hands out like, oh, stay away. Stay and- back. During the casting, he's like clutching his head like he's in horrible pain. Then he just thrusts his hands out like, ew. Like, what is happening? What is this animation? No, go away. I never never liked it in the first place. But with the new higher res model and the hands are actually hands, it just looks like he is terrified of whatever he is doing. Like, get it away from me. Get this... Get this spell that I just spent several minutes rubbing on my forehead gone. I don't want to look at it. You just, you take it. You take whatever this is. Uh, the thing, I mentioned the Night Elf females that I really like their casting animations. The thing I like about it is they do that thing where they like go up on one leg. Yeah. And they're like leaning back, but then it feels like they step into the spell for the follow through. And I think that's like pretty cool thing. Like there's a physicality to it as opposed to just like turning your hand over like some of them do. Yeah. But the male, it's like he's got something on his hands and he just wants it gone. That's yeah. why I like, I think, both of the Forsaken casting animations I like a lot because they do this, like, fist-in-the-air thing. You know, it's like there's a there's a motion or, there yeah. that they're kind of, like, casting into, and it works wow. for those models. It works for those models really well. Yeah. 
Okay, number C here. Number, number C. C. Uh, I've heard that they're making adjustments to some of the animations in Legion, but I haven't been able to ascertain exactly what it is they're doing. I've heard things ranging from just smoothing them out to actually trying to incorporate uh, usage of the artifacts into them. What do you know slash expect from this? Uh, the thing I noticed during the demo is those effects that like trail behind the sword when you're doing an attack. It's like a motion trail. Those are a lot smoother and less jaggy, and they just look better they look, they more look like a lot car- better they look more like a stylized motion than like a jaggy angular ribbon that's all i noticed that that yeah i haven't really heard anything beyond that i wasn't there so uh optional final question how many people do you think are going to see garona from the warcraft movie and think she's a total ripoff of gamora from guardians of the galaxy thanks and keep up the good work gorgon um i honestly went and looked this up and uh gamora does way predate garona garona's from the 90s gamora originally is the 70s she pops up in jim sterling's uh yeah but you know in terms of actually being ripoffs of each other i don't think they are they are there's I, very little that the two have in common other than, oh, look, they have, both have green skin. I well, no, they're both assassins. there was some inspiration. Maybe, happening. yeah. Blizzard does that. They have a lot of inspiration from comic books. But G- Gamora and Garona are both assassins, and Gamora and Garona both worked for the evilest dude possible, uh, Gamora being Thanos and Garona being uh, my favorite Gul'dan there. So, yeah, there's certain thematic similarities, but I don't think it's really a problem because Garona is going to be an orc amongst orcs. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of orcs. It's not like it's Gamora was fairly unique in Guardians that she's the only one there who looks like her or acts like her. Garona is not. That's pretty or an orcish way to deal with your problems is to kill them. There, yep. uh, there, is, uh, there is a short little brief flash of it in the Warcraft trailer that made me concerned that it looked like Garona and Lothar were going to get a little smoochy. Yeah, I didn't like the, that. I was like a little Garona concerned. Is, it's in that trailer that like Garona is in prison or whatever and Lothar is like leaning into the cage and they look like they're getting a little smoochy and I was like, I hope they don't do that. That would be really strange. It was we bad need... enough that they shoehorned in the romance with Medivh in the comics. Do they really have to shoe in a romance with Lothar in the movie? See, like, could, why? Why can't fly. they just let her stab stuff? And this this was like a stuff? half second clip, so it yeah. could just be like they're whispering in prison or whatever, but they looked a little smoochy. Well, and yeah, I, that I'll might have also have been because they make these trailers to appeal to a broader audience. So that yeah. might not actually be what it is. It just looks like that because people will see that and go, oh, there's romance in this film, too. I should go see that, you know, if they're I'm not just, familiar with Warcraft at all. All I'm saying is, is uh, Garona gets smoochy Lafar and Gamora and Star-Lord are going to hook up. Uh, we might, no, we see, might have a problem. See, I, I'm, I'm straight up. If Lothar is making out with an orc, that is a betrayal of everything of what Lothar stands for. Yeah, it's a little weird. That's just, no, that's just wrong. I think I think they just kind of framed it that way so that, like I said, they're, they're, they made that trailer so that it would appeal to a broader audience than just the Warcraft fans. So they threw that in there because it looked good. It was a good shot. Uh, it's not necessarily like a romance shot or anything. And it could be yeah, that they're well, just whispering to each other. 
I'm moving away from this as far fast as I can because I'm real creeped out by that idea. <laughs> uh, this one is Winter Winterfell, who's got the best Worgen Death Knight name ever. Um, hello, Watchers. One of the things I was most excited about going into BlizzCon was new race-slash-class combinations. And since the subject wasn't broached at the con, I assumed that it wasn't going to happen this expansion. And then I read about Gnome Hunters on your site. However, the article was updated at a couple of times, so what's the final verdict? Exactly how confirmed are Gnome Hunters? I'm going to say they're confirmed, dude. They got multiple tweets from multiple people at, Blizz- at Blizzard saying, yes, we're going to have them. So, if they are, does this mean that further combinations might be unlocked? Uh, if so, what are some combinations you foresee? I know you are, you answered this question fairly recently, but in the context of the class fantasies that Blizzard has published during the class you know, changes blogs, do we have any new thoughts on the matter? Personally, I don't see any reason not to unlock Orc Priests if Pandaren, what's the light, can play them. Winterfell, Worgen, Death Knight. And is going to hate this. I'm still pulling for Draenei Warlock. God, no. You want to talk class fantasy, where warlocks are this dark underbelly, seedy, corrupt thing, Draenei Warlock is perfect. I want to be a Draenei Warlock. Something yeah. anathema to this society. They would be slaughtered by their own people the second they reared their demonic heads. You could say the same thing about the Warlocks in Stormwind. Yeah, but humans are really bad at like actually like looking for evil and stopping it. I'm a Draenei warlock that hangs out with these humans in Stormwind. I don't know. I don't, What's Valen going to do? Make a special trip? <laughs> it would be actually kind of funny if he did. Uh, no, I. in terms of, like, for the class fantasy, one of the things that, you know, it, it almost I almost wish sometimes that certain races could spec into certain specs of certain classes. Because, man, I think Mr. Smite was, like, a, pr- a prediction... Of the of the outlaw, and I could totally see torn outlaws. Yeah, you got two you got two big swords and you shoot people. That's you know, he isn't particularly sneaky. You know, he's just he's he's doing the on solo. Thing. But he had that chest and it had all those things in it, and he knew how to use yeah. all of them. So I just I I almost feel like you could have torn rogues, but they could only be outlaws. Or you know, I guess they could probably figure out poison. Like I, I don't see a lot of Torn poisoning people, but I don't think it well, should be that hard. Uh, isn't that how they got Cairn? Yeah, yeah is, I was gonna say they... the Grim Totem. Yeah, so you could be a Grim Totem rogue. I don't know. I just I feel like, I feel like rogues really. We don't have any Draenei rogues, and that's weird. I think that we should Draenei... have. I think we should have. That was the one that I was gonna bring up. Was I think we should have Draenei rogues because. We got introduced to the Rangari. Rangari. Well, plus we had, Rangari. We had How do you Rangari. pronounce that? I said Rangari. Rangari. Okay, yeah. so we were introduced to them on Draenor. Obviously, there's a history of scouting, and some of them were even stealthing around, so it's not out of the question. I'm going to push up my nerd glasses and say, I believe See, you'll Misha. find that's the hunter camouflage. <laughs> well, yeah, but Misha, Misha was a rogue in uh, Mr. Pandaria. Yeah. Yeah. But going back way before we even had playable rogues in, in World of Warcraft, in Warcraft 3, when we meet the Draenei, they're like, you know, they're really like the broken or fallen ones. Yeah, a comma. But still, they're based stealth all over the freaking place. So why would no they have to, that? Yeah, I don't see any reason why they couldn't stealth, you know, without being, you know, horrible lumpy mutations. I, I just, I don't get it. I've never understood the problem. They have hooves, so what? They you don't know, have uh, four shoes. 
They put leather. <laughs> you, you just put leather horseshoes on to soften. Or, uh, you ever actually like been around unshod hooved animals? They're, They're very not real quiet. Noisy. They're very quiet. You can you can easily be snuck up on by a goat, and you don't want that experience. Unless it's a baby Pre- goat. I've had a baby goat sneak up on me before. Yeah, but that's a baby anything. Like you know, even baby sharks are kind of cute. If yeah. a baby human snuck up on me, I would be terrified. <laughs> Mostly because how did they get in your house? Right, baby <laughs> humans are creepy. Like if a baby goat ended up in my house, be like, oh, this just came in from the wild somehow. I don't know where this baby goat came from, but it just it got in here. If I just found some random baby in my house, like a baby human, that would be horrible. <laughs> how did this happen? <laughs> anyway, that has nothing to do with any class combinations. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I, like for me, this is a, kind of one of the questions where we've got all the class combinations I care about. Um, I feel like for Death Knights, Death Knights are so tied to the starting thing that it really, it's hard to justify like having any new like pa- you know Pander and Death Knights we got right. Do we have Pander and Death Knights? No. The one no. We don't have. Yeah. No. It's hard to justify Pander and Death Knights because it's hard to imagine Arthas somehow raising a bunch of them. Like they weren't really there. There was like a like a couple and they didn't die. So maybe Darian Mograine has been up to some shady stuff since then. Yeah, he's he's decided that Pander another way. Uh, all those <laughs> all those Pandarin that got wiped out in the Vale, they're with the Ebon Blade now. Well, you know, they are bears. Time to play a game of reanimating bears. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you, anything jumping out? Because we've covered this. I think I'm pretty much we've said what we think. Yep. I'm gonna move on. So the next one is from Drew Bob. Greetings, watchers. This question is about the Emerald Dream and reorigination. It occurred to me that the other day that Azeroth has an unusually large amount of Titan infrastructure, both for the purposes of containment and ameliorization of the old gods and maybe using them is for some purpose, as well as for the restarting the whole thing should whatever purpose Azeroth serves go south. Then it occurred to me how in any undertaking, large scale or small, fail-safes are the sort of things that, act, that get included in design subsequent to, a, you know, to actual failure. All of this is to say, do you think that Azeroth has been reoriginated maybe even several times? Do you think that perhaps it hasn't been in recent history because the backup copy has been corrupted by the nightmare? Just some food for thought. Uh, I don't think there's been any, like, sign of that. I mean, you could speculate on whether or not it has happened, but I don't think there's nothing in the world that says, yeah, this totally happened before. They should really yeah. go back and listen to the last episode of Lore Watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, two two episodes ago now. It's Well, no, because the, the current one hasn't come out for, like, public release oh. yet. But if you go back to the one where we were talking about Azeroth and the origins of Azeroth, and we went way, way off on a tinfoil hat tangent. Um, if that particular tangent that we tinfoil hatted upon, which was that... What's the easiest way to say this, Rossi? You want an easy way to say that one? Yeah, an easy way to say that one. Okay, so every planet oh, in the known universe is Azeroth. It's just another version of Azeroth. 
So there's like a multiverse yeah. going on and Azeroth is kind of the anchor point in that multiverse. If that is the case, then perhaps Azeroth, yes, has been re-originated several times. It was re-originated from Argus into Draenor, into Azeroth, into whatever other planet is out there across whatever multiple reality. And this is getting into way deep thought. I don't this think is... that it's possible. I don't. There's think a lore watch. Go listen to the lore watch. Go listen to the lore watch, because Joe and Rossi and I... Because I'm not sitting I, through this. <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe and Rossi and I really went out there, and this actually kind of falls into that, where it could be plausible within that particular set of yeah. speculation. But that's just... it's That speculation is so far out there, I don't think that it's even like remotely true. Okay, I think this might be our last email of the night. Um, it's from Belak, uh, Dragonblade. He's a warrior on Dragonblade. Um, he wrote it Dragonblade Warrior, which to me is like the best class name idea ever. It's like a D&D prestige class. The Dragonblade Warrior uses the Blade of the Dragon. Like, anyway, uh, during the BlizzCon discussion about the class halls, they reaffirmed that no, we still won't be able to talk to each other cross-faction. Then they added a tidbit that demon hunters would be able to talk cross-faction by speaking demonic. First off, Demon Hunters are only Night Elves and Blood Elves, right? The Blood Elves only split off after Arthas wrecked Quel'Thalas a handful of years ago. Are we supposed to believe that they lost the common language in that time? Uh, nobody, have, nobody ever has trouble speaking to each other cross-faction during a cutscene, either. What's the deal with the lack of cross-faction communication? Hasn't the time for uh, blocking, blocking has passed? Uh, Belak. Uh, first off, and I think Anne was probably going to tell you this anyway, so I'll just let her. About the whole Night Elf, Blood Elf thing? What about it? That how wrong he is there? What? I oh. I think they're talking Blood Elves splitting the off. The Blood Elves splitting off from the Alliance. The Blood Elves only split off. From, the High Elves actually were a part of the Alliance, and then they split off when they during the Third War. So theoretically, the High Elves slash Blood Elves should still be able to talk to the Alliance because they were once members of it. I think that's what he's saying rather than... Because if you're saying that night elves and blood elves only split off from each other after Arthas no, I don't think 12th, that's what he's. I don't think no. that's what he's saying at all. I think I think no. he's probably referring to the Sindori fact that and the yeah, the thing yeah, the thing he said is that are we supposed to believe that they lost their common language? I think meaning night elves and blood elves. Night elves and blood elves. When night elves and high elves both existed, high elves spoke a different language than night elves because it had been thousands of years, and they their languages diverged, so they didn't. They can it was almost 10,000 years ago. Yeah. The, the yeah. thing with these languages is they have absolutely nothing to do with the actual story of the game. Nope. Uh, I mean, the Alliance, the default language you speak when you type without selecting a language is common. When you're playing Horde, the default language you're speaking is Orcish. So do the Blood Elves just only know how to speak like Orcish in their own language? They don't know how to speak common anymore? No, it's just a game thing. It's a game mechanic yeah. thing is all it and, is. That game mechanic is increasingly silly because they uh, this whole demon hunters being able to talk to each other thing. The Forsaken in beta for World of Warcraft could speak well, common. Why couldn't they? It would it makes sense that they would speak common. They just died, and then they took the Forsaken's ability to speak common away because they didn't want cross faction communication. But now they're doing it here. Where demon hunters can specifically talk. Well, and maybe they're testing the like, waters. Maybe they're testing the waters to see if they if that's something that they can do. Introduce. I the main reason that they took out cross faction communication is because people were being jerks to each other. 
that was about yeah. it, really. <laughs> it was basically Forsaken using their unique ability to talk to Alliance players to grief them. To be yeah. fair, um, if people on my own faction couldn't talk to me, that would be great, too. Yeah. <laughs> people are jerks pretty much game-wide. Doesn't matter what faction you play. Yeah. There's always going to be jerks there somewhere. There's also going to be great people, but there are going to be jerks. Um, I, what I annoyed me the most was when they took out, for a while, you could still do stuff that wasn't talking, but was still kind of communication. Like you could emote like at you each could, other. Yeah, you could emote and gesture and get the point across. You can, and then they took, the, you can still do the default emotes. You can't do any custom emotes. Can you still do those? Because I remember trying to you do like, to pointing be. type stuff. You can, I think you could still do pointing. You can uh, like if you just do slash yeah. point, yeah. But the if you try and do any kind of custom emotes, people won't be able to read those. Because it just essentially, says someone's you could just, making some strange gestures. Yeah, because otherwise you could just type slash me in front of what you want to say instead of saying it and get it across. Yeah. <laughs> like slash me says, hey, jerk, you stole my mining node. No. And I think it's almost maybe time that they kind of lifted that communication barrier? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I just remember when I read about this, uh, that my first thought was that that Megan, our warlock columnist, was going to lose her mind. Yeah. Because didn't <laughs> they take, they took Demonic away from warlocks? Like, yeah. Warlocks speak it? Curse, curse of, uh, curse of yeah, tongues. Curse of it. tongues would make people speak in Demonic. Yeah. Yeah. And is that gone now? I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure on like, that one. I just imagine her like literally combusting. <laughs> yeah, like, demon hunters have been kind of crap in that sense. They're they're taking stuff from the classes that everybody like straight up stealing stuff from classes that still exist. It's kind of uncool. Except it's it's almost entirely warlocks. Like they've lifted a couple of things from rogues, but yeah, not nearly like the warlocks. No. The warlock entire bag. It's literally like they walked in and saw the warlocks eating lunch and go, "Hey, I'm hungry too!" And just reached into the warlock lunch bag. <laughs> I'm just bag gonna take that sandwich and these chips and and your, your mom made your Capri Sun. You've got Capri Sun. I'd like that too. Thanks. <laughs> Except that the version demon hunters are getting is better. So it's not like they stole their lunch. Like they took their lunch, threw it away, and then got some gourmet lunch. <laughs> <laughs> they traded it to someone. Yeah. Can you make this lunch tastier? I sure can. <laughs> now let's go eat it right in front of the warlock. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's I think it's pretty uncool what they're doing to warlocks here. But all right. Yeah. So Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And if you want to continue to support the podcast, you can go ahead and sign up for Audible, that free trial, that URL for that free trial. That is blizzardwatch.com slash audible. And every sign-up does help us quite a bit. Yep. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you have emails for the podcast, again, uh, either use the uh, Patreon link or send them to us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We love getting questions. We love answering questions. It is kind of what we're for here to do. Uh, this has been the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Matt Rossi, and have a good night.